Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose, going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations, going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after and go and fulfill that purpose? My, de- my guest today, I don't know him very well. His name is Jacob Knight with Gridbase. Hopefully, we're going to learn a lot about him today. Jacob, how are you doing? I'm, I'm great, man. So we were, right before this, we were talking, you were saying something about a comms guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, number one, did I get your whole intro right? Because one of the most embarrassing things that I've ever done is uh, say ATG instead of OTG on, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, on on Jared Arsenault's episode. So, well, no, the um, most embarrassing thing you ever done is admit it right now. You could have just said, "Oh, I was my Texas slang, man." That's yeah, what it was. Well, I'll know. say an ATG. <laughs> yeah, ATG. Yeah, there we go. Well, and what it was is he's got that that uh, Louisiana uh, last name. I won't I won't say Kunas because that's not appropriate. But um, he's got that <laughs> Louisiana last name, and yep. uh, I couldn't remember it. I'm very awful with names. And uh, I exactly. couldn't remember it. And so as I was introducing him, I was like, A, 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 A. And like, I just completely freaked <laughs> out. And so when it came around, I was like, ATG, just get it over with. Just We're done. Yeah. Well, uh, yes, but- you did get the intro right. So, yes, my name is Jake. And uh, I am the steward of Gridbase. And, um, yeah, man, that's uh, I'm much more than that. But I'm not much more than that to most people. But in this context, yes. Awesome, man. Yeah, no, I was uh, – before we had hit the record button, I was – I'd listened to – Probably, I think it was like the first 14 minutes or something like that, 19 minutes of you on Redacted. Uh, and it's the Redacted Culture Podcast. I don't, I don't have enough to to plug them other than the Redacted Culture Podcast. Hold on, my wife is calling me. Uh, Most can important. I call you later? Well, I told her we were recording at 2.30, and then now she wants to call me because uh, I didn't tell her we were recording. Yeah. I better answer that phone, boy. Just mid-podcast. I'll say yeah, recording. <laughs> recording is it important uh of course it's important uh anyway um so uh what was it where was i oh yeah i was listening to you on redacted and uh y'all were talking about like how in the movies there's always like the uh oh she says she's working a little later that's cool uh that'll save me money i typically for your information (laughs) when it's on friday afternoons uh Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a budget for her to go to hobby lobby so that she doesn't come in the house and cause uh and cause noise (laughs) And so the fact that she's working a little bit later is uh, very good. Everybody give me a round of leadership, applause for man. that. So, That's good yeah, leadership. Exactly. I applaud you. I applaud you for that. Great job. <laughs> and her, but, you know, both of y'all. Yeah. Good thing. Awesome. But anyway, so y'all were talking about movies and uh, supporting casts and how everybody has their role. And we're going to talk about this, but there's always like the the tech guy. And I don't know, I, I, I hadn't scrolled through your profile yet, but you were telling me that you were from Texas. I guess the sound of your voice, you said that you had lived in a van for a little bit, which it all makes sense now, but, uh, I don't know what I, I was thinking. Like, uh, I was thinking like, I don't know who I was picturing you as, but, uh, <laughs> then you're here, you've got grease all over your arms. You're in the funny uh, hat and you yeah. got the beard. And I was like, Oh, this makes complete sense. He literally is the tech. <laughs> he's the tech guy from the movie that used to live in a van. I didn't even, like the- I didn't even think about that. Yeah. 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 The, <laughs> the grease on the hands. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny because you kind of can't get away from the, we all are, you know, and I, I know you're going to ask the question and I don't mean to jump the gun, but, you know, it's um, one of the questions is that you typically ask is just about like, what is your purpose? And, and obviously that is right. a very multifaceted question, but I, I could certainly uh, 
consistently say that at least for the last six years or so, the underlying current of everything that I do, the way I carry myself um, in my home, outside of my home, with my friends, with my coworkers, is to challenge the ego that people have adopted for themselves. And I don't mean challenge it to say that like, oh, that's not really who you are. And I don't mean to like be, you know, um, ostentatious with that. More specifically, what I mean with that is, is this. As people, we get into ruts because those ruts make it easier for us to compartmentalize things and then think about other things. And I'll give the example of music because it's one of my favorites. There's people on both sides of the coin that are like, oh, I, I hate country. I don't listen to country. And then there's other people that are like, I only listen to country, right? And so music is a good one because like it, it, a lot of people put themselves in the pocket of um, identifying themselves with this label. And then, they, and then by that label, they identify themselves with a group as a whole, you know? And so for the person that would say, I hate country, you know, I'm not really into that. That's not my music taste. To me, first of all, you're just, you're, it's good to know what you like, and that's totally fine. But sometimes people aren't saying that because it's what they like. They're saying it because it's easier to just close off everything and categorize themselves in this box and then move on into another thing that they can then categorize themselves, put them in a box and move on. And before time, we develop these layers of our sense of self that's like, you know, uh, I am this and I do this and, and this is how I operate and this is what I like and don't like. And that's not really right. a very fun way to experience the world. You know, for the person that says I don't like country, I would go like, man, well, first of all, what do you classify as that? Second of all, have you heard of like Culture Wall and have you heard of, you know, and just kind of run down the list. Like, have you heard some of David Allen Coe's like, you know, early <laughs> 90s stuff? Like, you know, I've, I've been working all day like a regular dog. You know, to keep my woman in the water and a phone and the lights turned on. I just don't know, Good like, stuff. you know, you know th- like who cannot identify with that? And it's okay that you don't like. I mean, if anything, I think David Allen Coe is more metal than country. But you get my point. We put ourselves in these boxes where it's like, and then it pre- precludes us from being able to experience, you know, certain things um, in in the spectrum of life. And so getting back to the main character philosophy and like that whole thing that we were talking about, you know, it's innate within us to adopt some sort of identity so that we can like become professionals at that. And we need to do that. We wouldn't have astronauts if people didn't do that, you know? And so there's a certain element of that is good. And two things can be true at once in my opinion. And so like, while it's true that like, yes, we need specialists. We need people who are passionate and focused on one thing. We need teachers. We need doctors. We need lawyers. We need scientists. We need mathematicians. We need foragers. We need all of that. It's also really important to maintain the, the, to not put the shell on the ego to say like, this is what I do. And this is who I am exclusively, you know, because it really precludes us from being able to uh, experience the world. And so that being my mantra and that being what, you know, I live by, um, I was not a tech guy. I had no experience with tech. I, I did not even really, I had a laptop, but I never even used it. I mean, for years. And so to go from that to the position that I'm in now, which is by no means like I'm not Steve Jobs or anything, but I'm absolutely off the deep end with some of this stuff, uh, especially from the blue collar world that I come in, you know, um, it was completely out of my realm. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm more into cars and hot rods, motorcycles and, you know, and music and like, that's my jam, you know, and being on a computer all day and learning how to code Linux 
if you'd have told me four years ago that that's what I was going to do, I'm like, you're out of your mind. You know, I, I will blow my brains out before I sit down and do something like that. But, you know, as many people have said before, um, uh, a man with a why can endure anyhow. And uh, that's what this was, man. You know, it was push come to shove. I needed this piece of equipment. It did not exist for me to be able to purchase. And so then there I was having to make it. It wasn't about making a product or making anything you know, that people could buy. It wasn't about that. It was specifically for my own. I need this. I need this equipment in my life. It is imperative. And it what didn't exist. So I had to make it, you know? And so, uh, and then in the middle of right. making it, it was like, Oh God, a lot of people could really benefit from this. And so here we are, but back to, uh, you good, sir. I'm sure you have some other things to say. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, being the stereotypical uh, tech guy, there's a lot of different directions I could take. Uh, I could take that. Um, you know, it it is funny because, like I said, with the grease on your hands, like you would be an excellent tech guy in a movie, if that makes any sense. Especially, <laughs> especially in like and and in like a post-apocalyptic. You know, uh, I don't know much about Fallout, but that's where my mind goes to. I, I literally have like played the game once, but um, if I had to make a movie about like post-apocalyptic you know what are we doing when when stuff really breaks down uh you would be the tech guy in the movie i do think um so this is the look this yeah is the yeah crazy, exactly this is the crazy guy look this is the tech guy in the future yeah the post-apocalyptic yeah. future i'm with it <laughs> yeah it's like take take a take book of eli and then you know give them like even better tech and that's exactly what i'm that's, that's exactly great. the vibe i'm getting <laughs> uh but anyway man uh so let's talk about Oh man. Um, let's talk about, uh, being purpose built versus being closed minded, because I think there's a difference in, mm. uh, I think well there's said. a, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I think there's a distinction kind of in what you said is that I, I think that there are people that are purpose built for things. And I think that there are stereotypes exist for a reason. And that's, that's uh, controversial to a point, but, um, stereotypes exist for a reason. It's because we have certain different archetypes of people, you know, you fit the, the tinkering, the tech guy, the, um, you know, I hesitate to say the word wiry, but like, cause they, you can take that bad. You don't no, take that in a bad way, but, um, I hate, man, you, I'm wiry. <laughs> you fit that archetype and there are people that are purpose built for certain things. Uh, but it is important to, to not be closed minded. Um, what do you, where yeah. do you think that that line, uh, is, is kind of drawn and where do you think that, uh, and this, I don't want to completely, like I said, I didn't listen to, to Redacted's whole um, whole pod, but I don't want to completely step all over what, I don't want to remake his podcast. No, but, it, uh, it, we won't, and I, and I wouldn't let you. And I'm glad that you're asking this yeah. question because, um, you know, just as you're talking about it, I'm thinking, you know, okay, like my granddad or, you know, like my great-granddad or going back, you know, like what's the difference between being purpose-built and, and you know, being closed-minded? And I think that to find that answer, we first have to acknowledge the very vast and many different countercultures there are in existence today and the things that you can partner with and identify with. You know, I mean, you talk about like post-war 50s era, you were either there was no there was not a whole lot of who you could be and whatever. You were either a guy that just got back from war or a guy that had not gone to war yet, you know, and, and it was like that was it. That was like pre hippie era. 
that was pre all of that stuff. I'm talking about, you know, in the United States and the traditional conservative United States of the, of the post-war 50s, there wasn't like 40 different things you could attach yourself to, you know, and then it's like, then we had the hippie movement. And then from the hippie movement, we had the feminist movement. And then from the feminist movement, we had the, you know, civil rights. And we had all these different, and then these countercultures just splintered and splintered and splintered. And then you have, you know, a hundred different identities that, of things that you could align yourself with. And I think that with the advent of the internet, that exploded exponentially. You went from being able to identify yourself as one of a thousand things or multiple of the thousand. And then now it's like this infinite number of things that you could partner with and identify with. And when I say partner with, uh, I'm speaking from a spiritual perspective because we can partner with things spiritually. Um, and I think that that's another big separation between like what is purpose built and closed mindedness. You know, like we need to talk about the physical and the spiritual realm with that and, and partnering with certain identifiers and how that can affect us spiritually. But separate from that, and we can circle back to that, certainly. But uh, I think the idea behind what is the difference between being purpose built and what is the difference between being closed minded? I really don't think you have to focus on one or the other or or eliminate one or the other. I think what happens is that if you follow non-resistive pathways and if you if you're not trying to beat down closed doors and you walk through the open doors of life within you, within your path. You will start to just naturally adopt the things that are for you and that are meant for you. And that's a spiritual uh, principle that is true. But it's also, you know, something that anyone who's not touched into that realm could also probably identify with to a certain extent. And I think as you walk through those open doors and as you go with God on your path and you start kind of adopting the things that are in your circle, you just naturally become a purpose built individual. And then you naturally are aligned with the things that are meant for you. Um, I think, I think what happens with closed mindedness is that closed mindedness is, yeah, closed mindedness is, is an unwillingness to walk through open doors, you know, and I'll give the example of this. Like some people are just like, I am going to do this. And they put this like a lot of resistance between like them and whatever they want to do. And then like in their mind and in their body and their soul, they're not going to be happy until they get to that point, you know, and, and they will just they will face every wall. They will go headstrong. They will fight all the way through that. And in order to get to that point, you have to adopt this really hard, closed minded shell to just kind of like brush off everything that's around you and just make it to that point, you know, and so there's that type of way to get to where you're going to go. And there's that type of way to see like, here's where I am. There's where I'm going to be. And I'm not going to be happy till I get there. And, you know, at all costs, I'm going to get there. And getting there is like the only, the only goal. Right. And then there's the other aspect where you're like, Hey, I'm right here. I'd like to be there. I could be here, 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 here. And wherever God takes me on that path, I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to tune up. And I'm going to check in with myself and I'm going to follow open doors and I'm going to listen to what God has for me to, to get to where he has me to be. And I think the difference is that one way puts it into like, I have control over my own whole destiny and it's all up to me and it's going to be hard. And it's like all this stuff. Right. And so that, that's like a, a closed minded way of doing it, you know? And then I would say like a purpose built way of doing it is, is God's way of doing it and the way that God builds your life to be. And when you kind of assign that agency over to something else, and you start moving in, in that in that flow, 
you don't even got to worry about being, you know, like closed minded or resistive because you're just on the path that God has for you. You know, it's, it's a, I know that that's probably a little more conceptual of an answer than most people are wanting to hear, but I hope it landed with you and, and with other people that are listening, because it's a really, really important concept to be able to enjoy life to the fullest and to have a relationship uh, with God and to be able to move forward in that way. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's not a, it's not about, and, and this is highly controversial and I hesitate to even say it, but you know, some people are like, man, you know, I just, I need to get into my Bible and I, and I need, and I need to do this and whatever. And it's like, no dude, you need to pick up the phone and start having a relationship. You need to witness what's going on in your body. And what is God trying to yeah. tell you whenever you're moving in that direction, you can open up that Bible 500 times, you know, and you can just go, Oh, this is what God has for me or whatever. God, the whole reason that the whole thing played out was so that there was no smoke on a rope, the curtain tore. You are now able to just have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with the creator and, and you're yeah. not taking advantage of that, you know, and oh, it just makes me want to cry because it makes me upset that there's people out there that aren't tapping into that relationship and what it has for them, you know, and it's not about, you know, again, I'll be hated on for, for saying this. It's not about heaven or hell. It's not about the works that you do. It's not about any of that. You know, through a relationship with God, the rest of it will get ironed out. And I'm talking about a real relationship, one-on-one, -on -one, through that right. medium, he will speak to you. And the things that are meant for you in your life will, will start to iron out, you know. And I think people approach it so backwards. And, and uh, you know, but who am I to say that they're approaching it backwards? That's putting things on a hierarchy. I, I really shouldn't be doing that. You know, for some people, their path is in the Word and in the Bible, and that's their strong suit, and that is their path, you know. But for me... And from my path, I can say that it was a relationship first uh, endeavor yeah. and all the rest of it ironed out. And so uh, what's the difference between, you know, purpose built and being closed minded? I, I think it's I think it's that I think it's like, are you on the path you're supposed to be on or are you forcing yourself into some result that you're going to manufacture at all costs? Yeah, let me uh, let me touch on that a little bit. So um, I have really mad respect for uh, when you say, you know, the, the people that are going to get to a certain place at all cost, uh, two people, well, I guess three people because I'm built that way in, in a few different ways, but, um, Cam Haynes and Andy Frazella pop into my mind. Um, I'm sure you've heard of both of them. Hopefully. Shockingly. Uh, I have not. Cam Haynes is the, uh, the bow hunter that runs all the time, uh, lift, run, oh, okay. shoot. He's super yeah, big bow yeah, hunter. Yeah. Um, his thing is bow hunting and by God, he was going to make it bow hunting and he wasn't going to do anything else. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that he let, let me let me let me try to iron this out a little bit, because uh, I think that it is a good way to live your life if you find a goal uh, and you don't stop until you get it done. You know, I've, I've I've said myself on a podcast recently that there is no there is no life that I don't crawl off of a mountain with an elk on my back. There's, you know, or, <laughs> or hike down a mountain. If I have to crawl, I'll crawl. Uh, right. But there's there's no there's no existence that that doesn't happen. It's, it's going to happen uh, unless, you know, uh, getting a wreck on the way there, you know, I, whatever, whatever happens. Um, yeah. There's a life where it doesn't happen, but if I have anything to say about it, it's going to happen eventually. Um, and so there is something to be, there is something about being determined to do something, you know, Andy Frazella, uh, his, his goal was to absolutely uh, no matter what he was going to be successful in business. Uh, he was going to have that Lamborghini. He was going to have the the massive company of people that he was given jobs to. Um, in his mind, there was there was nothing that was going to prevent him from doing that. Uh, and 
his his goal uh he achieved his goal and he said that that's the only way he could ever achieve his goal same thing with cam haynes is he said the only way that i was ever going to get through all of the bullshit that i had to deal with do all of the hard things that i had to do was if i had that mentality so i think it is valued but where i want to well and and i would say with those people that that was a genuine desire not an ego thing they slapped on. Like they didn't yeah, care look, if anyone in the yeah. world recognized them as like the best elk hunter or whatever. It was for them, you know, and that genuine right. nature of like, that's what they were going to do. So yeah, I'm sorry, carry on. You know, you're good. And, and I think that uh, one key difference is that, um, you know, and maybe, maybe I even interpreted them wrong, but uh, one one way that I think a lot of people interpret them wrong and maybe even themselves, I hesitate to say whether it was me interpreting them wrong or if they even interpreted themselves wrong, uh, is instead of, instead of focusing on the goal, uh, it was focusing to me on who, who am I right now? Um, who am I right now? Am I a person? Am I a businessman? Am I a bow hunter? Uh, and you know, thinking back, I, I read Cam Haynes book and, and Andy Frazella. Um, I think that they approach their lives as, Hey, I'm a businessman and I'm not going to stop until I'm, I'm the most excellent businessman that I can be. Uh, and Cam Haynes said, Hey, I'm a bow hunter. I'm not going to stop until I'm the most excellent bow hunter that I can be. And to me, that is the difference between, uh, or it, that's, that's what a purpose is, is saying, Hey, look, I am this, uh, and nothing is going to stop me until, uh, until I am the best that, that I can be. And sometimes you can be wrong about that. Sometimes your so we purpose could, changes. So we could, we could say that purpose built, Purpose built is synonymous with passion. Uh, yes. To, yeah. I, I, to let, me, let me let let me think about that for a second. Give me a okay. give me a little Jeopardy. The do do do. Yeah. Uh, I I think that that um I think the difference between uh passion and purpose is that um purpose. Re- I, well, you're forcing me to uh you you've flip flopped this around because now you're forcing me to think way harder than I typically do on these. Um, <laughs> you you just you just flip flop this around. Who's uh, interviewing who here? Yeah, welcome to the Purpose <laughs> Podcast with Jacob Knight. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, actually, well, the reason that because I think that a good purpose, a proper purpose, requires service, uh, service to service to something else to somebody yes. else or. Uh, even service to God. And, and uh, I, I say this not because I want to avoid the topic, but I say this because I'm completely not educated enough to speak speak well on it. And maybe you can educate us, but uh, maybe a good purpose is one that serves God and only God. Uh, but I think that, you know, God calls us to serve other people. So uh, for my for my newly adult Christian brain right now, uh, to me, a good purpose has always required service to others. Um, you know, and that would be the, the qualifier between a passion uh, and a purpose to me, I think is that I have passions that wholly and completely serve myself. Uh, but I think that when a passion really becomes a purpose and it can guide you through, through life, like what you were talking about, I drew, I'm not very good at taking notes, but at some point, uh, I drew a bunch of little roads. You were talking about how there's a bunch of roads in front of you. Um, you know, and you can take any one of them and they all have different destinations. Uh, the, 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 the image that popped into my brain, uh, was that, you know, I'm a purpose built something. And that took me to vehicles because you said we're, you know, roads, um, maybe I'm a Raptor. Uh, and I know that, (laughs) you know, well, that's, that's a poor choice after their, uh, damn it. Uh, well, let's, let's all, let's all continue to hold harbor (laughs) in our minds, the dream of what the Raptor was before we were all sorely disappointed. 
Yeah. yeah well, before they made it gay, dang it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to get raked over that one. Uh, oh, anyway. So gay. Um, yeah, I know. Let's say that I am a whatever. Say that I'm like a 1980s power wagon or something. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm meant to go off road uh, and right. all of these different roads. It doesn't mean that I can't go on a road uh, on a pavement. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, I can't go through a little bit of mud or a little bit of sand, but I'm a yeah. purpose built vehicle for one right. certain thing. And I think yes. that as long as I follow those roads uh, that I, that I meant for, uh, and you, you kind of mentioned like the path of re- least resistance. It's like, okay, yeah. uh, let's not go into the sand because that's going to be a lot of resistance. And if we keep going right. on pavement, we're going to have to buy a lot of tires when we do this. It's going to be difficult. Uh, yeah. And so as long as I follow this off-road, this this rock climbing, this, uh, you know, this gravel road that is that, you know, other vehicles aren't made to get down this. Uh, yeah. it, let's worry less about the destination of where it takes me. Let's put the destination in God's hands. But I'm going to look for these types of roads. Right. Uh, that 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 serve my purpose, and I and that's a little bit austere and a little bit convoluted. I like but... I like I like that analogy a lot. I think it's really yeah. digestible. Yeah, I mean, I think you know because each one of us has a skill set. You know, there's Apogee School down in Austin. You know, and I think that's a good example of like their skill set and their passion is as teachers. You know, and so they've taken that passion and that skill set, and they've become an awesome education house for the next generation. You know, um, my passion and, and my vehicle is problem solving and and uh, pattern recognition. Those are the talents that I've been given. So, you know, that's where I'm going to operate out of, you know, yours is whatever it is. And that's what you're going to, you know, carry on with. So I don't think God asks us to be monkeys if he's developed us as fish. You know, I think that he knows who we are. He knows what our strong suits are. He's built us purposely from the beginning. He's We've been purpose built. You know, so it's just a matter of aligning with that and and operating within those strengths to pursue uh, some sort of, you know, thing that we're passionate about that, as you mentioned, serves a purpose to the whole. Um, You know, and I think servitude and and all of that, I think God can use you no matter what. I don't think you have to be like intentionally. I think people that aren't even trying to serve God are serving God, you know, and they don't even realize it. So, um, you know, God can speak through anything. And, and, uh, it's up to you to have the ears to be able to hear what he's saying through that, you know, but inanimate objects, non-believers, believers alike, you know, I think God can speak to people through anything. So I think even without our, uh, you know, don't want to get too much hubris, even without our knowledge and our input in, in trying to be purposeful or passionate or, you know, doing something in God's will, we still may end up having an impact that, you know, what God intended on someone else, you know, but the more that we align with that and the more that we partner with, with God on that, I think the more rich and full experience we, we get to receive in this hell on earth. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with you. Um, yeah, to, to a large extent, I agree with you. Um, let's, let's back up a little bit and, uh, I want to do something that, of course, I like the, the conversation, but, uh, I have to give the people their rapid fire. So um, we're going to back up from the, the deep topics and then we're going to go back at it again here in a second. Let's do some rapid fire question, man. Uh, yeah. Rapid fire questions, man. Uh, okay. If we can figure out how to use words, the English language is <laughs> tough. Um, so let's start with, uh, you said you're a car guy, you're a motorcycle guy. Uh, what was your first car? And if it was shitty, what was your first car that you were excited about? Yeah. So my father uh, was a, uh, my father died whenever I was, uh, just about to turn eight years old. And so when he passed away, he had a 1964 F 100 
that uh, he would always come and pick me up. And I mean, it was his daily driver. So when he passed, uh, that was handed down to me and it sat in the field for a long time before I rebuilt it and, uh, and then got a lot of use out of it. And it's still in the family. I gave it to my brother. I was kind of done with the project and, and passed it along to him. Uh, but, you know, as a kid, I remember like there was something wrong with the motor mounts or I don't remember exactly what it was, but my dad like pulled into a shop and like welded it all back together, the motor mounts and everything. And then we kept on going. And like, I just remember just thinking that was so cool, you know, and I was just holding the flashlight for him terribly, I'm sure, you know, and <laughs> uh, was just a young man. And, you know, as I got older, I had kind of forgot about that. And I was underneath the truck one day and I had seen what he had do. It was so bad. I wish I had a picture of it. I'll try and get my brother to send me one. Just these like gnarly welds out of like some C channel that he just like made these like static motor mounts out of like off the frame. And like that was his fix. And, you know, my father was a crew chief on uh, Huey's and a door gunner during Desert Storm before he ended up becoming a crew chief on uh, F-16s in the Tulsa Air National Guard. And so he was he was a rock star and he grew up in, on a salvage yard. And so he just was very technically inclined. And uh, so anyway, getting back underneath that and just looking at like the grit that he must have had in that moment of just like, here's some C channel. Can I borrow that welder? Bang it out real quick. Me and my son are going to get back on the road. Um, just so cool, you know, just such a such a cool That's experience. Awesome. But, you know, you asked about, you know, my first car. That, that was my first car and definitely what uh, kicked off everything for me. And I didn't really identify with being a, a tinkerer or a mechanic or anything until years later. I always thought I was more artsy and musical and stuff and had kind of forgotten that way because nobody you know aside from my dad after he passed no one was really there to show me how to work on things so uh it wasn't until i was maybe 19 or 20 that i kind of picked up that torch on my own and it was like genetic man i mean it you know my yeah. aptitude for that kind of thing was built in and ingrained and um so to your first question the car yeah the 64 f100 and as i mentioned my brother still has my brother has it now when i moved into the van you know there was too much stuff to take and um I just had to dwindle down all my belongings. And I was like, you know what? I think it's time for my brother to take hold of this car. And uh, That's cool. so he, he came down from Tulsa and picked it up. And he, dude, he's done so much tremendous work to it. I, I got it to a certain point. Now he's elevated it to a certain point. And he and I both have sons now. And so I hope one day, you know, they're able to share in that. And the 64 F100 will still be around. That's really cool, man. I like that a lot. Um, you said you, you lived in a van a little bit. Are you uh, Are you a fisherman? No, I'm not, man. No, I, oh, okay, I didn't know. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't get down with the uh, man. I, I think you know. I'm holding that hobby close to my close to the vest until I'm older. That, that <laughs> that's actually a very very good point. But anyway, so yeah. I th I thought I remember you saying that you were a fisherman, and uh, no, actually, I wish I no. was. And you know, it's like every year I'm like, next year I'm gonna get into fishing, you know, and then it just it does that's it doesn't funny. happen for me. I get into something else, but it's I'm so, always like, next year I'm gonna get into fishing. <laughs> What what is your favorite uh, outdoor recreation? My favorite outdoor recreation, um, well, just camping with my family. I mean, you know, that's just being outside. Cool. Period. You know, and these days it's it's it, outside in any term. You know, I mean, I probably have spent not probably I have spent the most time outside as a cyclist. You know, my intro into becoming a mechanic was through bicycles. You know, my I had a my car had broken down and I still had to get to work and stuff, and so I went and bought a bicycle and it broke down on me like three times on the way home from the bike shop. And, uh, so I had to learn how to fix it to get home. And that was like the aha moment of, I was like, Oh, I'm a mechanic, dude. It was like, I can't even my whole life and where I'm at now is a direct result of that bike ride home that day, because it was after that, that 
I started fixing bikes and selling them on Craigslist. And I became a shop rat, you know, at, at a local cool. bike shop for years until they got me on a, a, on a job. And then from there, I just worked my way up to shops and became a tech for the Fiat cycling team uh, in North Texas. And then it was there that I met my first aviation boss. And he came in and was like, man, what do you want to do? And I was like, I've always wanted to work on airplanes, you know, but I don't really know how to get into that. He was like, lucky for you, I have a shop, you know, and I need people. And so I was his first mechanic in that new shop that he had. Worked there for years and then went to AMP school, graduated out of AMP school. And, uh, you know, now I work for the largest defense contractor on a fifth gen fighter uh, project. And so it's like all of that stems from, you know, cycling. So cycling is definitely my, my first love. And like I spent the most time outside doing that. But it's so time intensive. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's such a hardcore hobby that you really got to be in. And these days with a family and a company and everything else, I'm lucky to get out. You know, when I do get out these days, it's to test, uh, which, you know, I have fun doing it, but it's to test like, you know, my HF digital modes on the grid base and, you know, communicating with people thousands of miles away. But really just, you know, my, my favorite outdoor activity these days is just getting outside because I spend so much of my that's time cool. cooped up at, at work and in the shop, you know. Yeah, man, that's the, that's really cool. My last rapid fire question. So um, as you saw when you sat down, I, I took it off, but I had a funny hat on when when uh, when you first connected to the podcast hat. Yeah, yeah, I was wearing my cowboy hat and uh, yeah. I've actually seen seen you on a phone screen twice. And both times you've been wearing funny hats. So what is your favorite hat? <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, my favorite hat? Golly, I've got my, my, my granddad's old Stetson is my favorite hat. Uh, it's cool. been lost multiple times and found yet again. And it's still with me now. And I think it's here to stay now. But, you know, moving from the van and college and just moving around, it's, you know, left and come back many times. But it always finds its way back to me. And uh, it's just a, it's a really nice, like, old school beaver uh stetson it's a short brim stetson with, with a tall crown and uh i'm actually very into hats and know a lot about hats and uh love hats to death but that one's definitely one of my favorites and for anyone listening that wears a cowboy hat it is improper for you to handle it by the crown do not ever grab it by the crown up top like this and old stetson articles will inform you of that you always grab it by the brim and uh you're supposed to grab it by the brim when you take it off because the brim is the most flexible it's it's easier to clean doesn't fall apart so yeah a little hat knowledge for you folks out there don't grab that it by is, the brim like that grab it by the grab it by the brim not the crown that is uh the most controversial thing that you will say on this podcast actually <laughs> um, it's i know fact, multiple man. people i know multiple people that will fight you on that that, that oh, that's okay legitimately I, got, I got old on that. <laughs> i got old 40s 50s 60s 70s stetson ads in papers that specifically say handle it by the brim so yeah, you can argue with me till you're blue in the face. I've got historical, factual data points that point to the That's fact wild. that you're not supposed to handle a hat by the crown. You're supposed to handle it by the brim. I actually do want to see that, and I don't care. Yeah, like, I'll, now send, that we're, I'll send them to you. Now that we're here, you know, I do it, but I'll, I'll grab it by the brim. You know, I'll do this with it. Um, I've seen a lot of guys do this with it, you know, but a lot of people kinda, say that you're supposed to. It's kind of like, like teacuping. Like, like if when the, the first person goes to, you know, shoot, they do this teacup thing where they put their hand like that yeah. you know and it's because it's what they've seen in movies it's like that's the cool thing that looks like in movies and it's like yeah. you know it's obviously a very improper way to hold a handgun it's terrible handgun fundamentals and so it's the same thing with the handle it by the brim thing you know and the movies it looks cool to grab your hat and do something like that you know so everybody's kind of adopted that but uh every actual hat person or hat literature or hat documents or hat ads from the past all they like specifically say handle it by the brim <laughs> yeah 
That's that's uh that's why. Well, yeah, you are gonna need. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna claim source on that. I'm gonna need source yeah. on that. I have uh, no problem sending sources but, on that. No, that's very <laughs> funny. I don't I care. Used to, I used to work for a, a leather manufacturer, and uh, part of what we did was resell and refurbish old hats. So, I mean, I've been in custody of like thousands of like really nice hats. And in fact, there's a hotel in Fort Worth in the stockyards called Hotel Drover. And there's yep. like a four-story four tall hat display in the middle of Hotel Drover. And I was instrumental in building that hat display and providing the hats for that hat display, along with Daniel oh, Wright, cool. uh, who no longer uh, uh, is working with W Durable Goods, but at the time worked with W Durable Goods. And I worked with him as an apprentice for a long time. And so getting those hats in that, yeah, man, I'm, I'm a hat historian uh, and off the, you know, standing on the shoulders of Daniel Wright, the giant, you know, he's absolutely pointing me in the right path. But yeah, man, hat history. That's, that's really <laughs> proper cool. men's fashion in general, you know, like, yeah. Uh, you know, people wear their pants too low these days too. You're supposed to wear your pants up higher with a longer <laughs> inseam so that it makes your waist look shorter and it makes your legs look taller. And like, that's proper men's fashion. You look better as a man that way. But like, you know, the nineties gave us low rise and it just kept getting lower. And now people wear their pants too low. So <laughs> this is all, this, I don't even know where to go with this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are handling their hat by the crown and wearing their pants too low, man. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No. Uh, do you, do you at least set it on the crown when you set it down somewhere? You at least set it on the crown, right? You don't set it brim down. Uh, I don't really take my hat off uh, when I'm out unless it's to be respectful, in which case I'm holding on to it. Uh, but I guess if I was eating or something at a table, I'd set it on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that, or, okay. Hang, or, can... or hang it. I think well, I think if I was actually to say nine times out of 10, I'd find a spot to hang it. I don't really yeah, set it down that's... anywhere. I'll set, set it on the corner or something or hang it off somewhere. That tracks. That tracks. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, where, where do we go? From I here? also realize uh, the irony of the fact that I'm talking about like, age old men's fashion and sitting here smoking a vape which is like you know just the worst possible you know conjunction but then we go back to the beginning we go back to yeah, the marble I say, man i, I, I don't yeah, marble man don't, tell me not, about like, it my, my ego's not wrapped up in like being this guy you know i can vape and i can like know about hats you know <laughs> two things can be true at once that's whatever it's my yeah, thinking you need, juice. Be, you need to be smoking <laughs> cowboy killers with opinions like that sir I don't know what in the yep. fuck you're doing with the vape in your mouth. Yep. Uh, well, I know. I know. My wife gives me shit for it all the time. She's like, you do not match a vape. I don't know why you're wearing a vape. I'm like, because cigarettes are gross. I smoke cigarettes. I rolled my own cigarettes for my entire time smoking cigarettes. So, you know, at least when I did smoke cigarettes, I smoked them right. Damn it. Well, you know, the uh, the vaping Marlboro man, Jacob Knight. Uh, that's the end of the show. Actually, that's it. Uh, that's all we're going to do. Uh, no, that's so fantastic. let's... Uh, let's get a little bit more uh nerdy and in-depth on comms uh give me a little bit of give me a little bit of breadth here a little bit of uh of, of room to explain my ignorance sure. on the matter um, totally so i don't know much about comms and i know that my audience uh knows probably a, at least as little if not much less than what i know about comms so you're gonna have to put on your kindergarten teacher hat here um, oh, I love and, that. I'm and, I'm a kindergarten student at the moment, so this is going to be perfect. That's funny. Tell us what, um, how did you start with comms? Uh, tell us in very, very simple terms what grid base is. Uh, yeah. And then at the moment that I understand it, I'll ask more in-depth questions. <laughs> is that fair? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to answer your questions in reverse. So give people kind of a brief, 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 brief history. And for those that are interested, I just put out a five-part mini-series on my YouTube channel. You can look that up, gridbase.net, and it's all about HF digital modes and comms, which is what I'm about to talk about. Um, 
And so if you want a little primer, it's just short videos, three to five minute videos that talk about, you know, comms, but I'll touch on some of that here. So um, comms, very large breadth of topic, you know, there's encrypted, unencrypted, VHF, UHF, HF, all this stuff. Specifically what I'm talking about and specifically what I focus in is low power HF digital modes using Skywave propagation. Holy cow, so many big words, but it's actually very simple and it's been around a long time. So in the 1800s, Tesla kind of uh, theorized that there was this thing called the ionosphere. And then he proved that uh, the ionosphere was real at his lab in Colorado Springs. And so the ionosphere is just a layer of the atmosphere that's charged with ions. So there's like electrical, you know, things going on up there in the ionosphere. And so he thought, man, I could get electricity out of that. And uh, then, you know, transversely, we realized that we could actually bounce stuff off of that. And uh, that became more of a thing in the late 1800s and early 1900s with Samuel Morse and uh, Morse code. You know, it's the first low power digital mode was the, the telegraph, you know, and so the only difference between then and now with, you know, the ionosphere hasn't changed, you know, not, the, the basics haven't changed. The only difference now is that back then we used to use our brain to decode the dots and the dashes to mean certain letters. So we would hear a dot, dot, dash, dot, dot, dash, and that meant like the letter B or whatever. I'm not fluent in Morse code, so I don't know. Uh, and then the telegraph was the quote unquote radio, right? And now the only difference is, is that we have smaller radios um, that also, you know, act as a telegraph. And then we use programs to uh, decode what we're trying to say, uh, you know, through dots and dashes. And then another computer program somewhere else decodes it. So instead of us using our brain to uh, decode the dots and dashes, we have computer programs that do that now. And so that opens us up to be able to send longer, more complex, more detailed messages um, in a, in a visual form factor where we can actually see somebody typing out something, you know, and, uh, we can, we can type out something and send a message. And because we're using the ionosphere to transfer that message, we can bounce it off the ionosphere. And it's also called skip skyway propagation is also called skip. And it's appropriately called that because you're bouncing it off the ionosphere. Um, and so let's say that you were in a mountain town in Colorado and you wanted to reach someone, you were in a disaster situation, you needed to get out you wanted to reach someone that was within like 30, 40, 50 miles of you. Well, you would just angle your dipole antenna straight up to shoot those radio waves straight up at the ionosphere. And it would bounce back down in the area around you. And if other people around you had systems hooked, you know, these same systems uh, in place, they would be able to get your message, you know, directly down. Now, it's an advantage because like on VHF and UHF, it's mostly line of sight communication. And so in, in a mountainous area, if you're in a valley, you're going to have a real tough time sending a signal out. But also, too, it takes a lot of power to send that signal out. Uh, to get a good voice transmission. Um, and three, you know, you can, you can make that an easier endeavor if you have repeaters, but sometimes repeaters aren't available or they can be difficult to connect to, or they can be down. One sec. So, one sec. yeah. Um, the uh, kind of a silly question, but uh, you mentioned line of sight communication. Uh, I've yeah. lived in a lot of rural towns. Most of their internet, you have to maintain line of sight. Is that yeah. the same, same type of thing as what you're talking about? Very, very much the same thing. Yeah. Where, um, okay where yeah it's you know we're dealing with sending you know a beacon and receiving a beacon back and forth right uh, with, and with so, the line of sight and you're saying with this tech not new technology but the technology that you're speaking of you don't have to have line of sight because it's bouncing right. it because you're yeah. bouncing it off the ionosphere right so and then it, it you know it ra rains down signals now let's say transversely i wanted to talk to someone in phoenix i would just angle my antenna differently to where i was shooting those signals out this way so that when they shot up and bounced off the ionosphere, they'd come down, you know, a thousand miles away instead of 50 miles away. And so, um, so that's a brief primer 
on, you know, what is Skyway propagation? What are HF digital modes? Um, you know, it's just basically we're just using a radio and a computer and programs to send messages. And we're, you know, all this kind of stuff can fit in the backpack. It's very easy and very man portable. And it doesn't take a lot of power. So, you know, we're typically we're talking about 100 watt radios you know, require a lot of power and big battery banks to be able to send that type of energy into the air to be able to get a voice transmission, you know, across. I can make a contact with somebody on a half watt of power a thousand miles away using digital modes because you don't need as much power to decode random beeps and boops as you do to be able to make out a, a whole voice transmission. So that's yeah. that's the, the advantage of uh, digital modes is, you know, I, there's many of them, but one being the low power. Um, and, you know, you can do voice over Skyway propagation as well. So you can use uh, HF modes and dipole antennas and, you know, use Skyway propagation to transmit voice over a long distance. But again, it becomes more difficult to discern what, what's being said. And a lot of times those things can get lost in translation. But uh, the great thing is, is I've never had a bad digital mode contact. Like if it comes through, it's coming through correct. And so, so it's you like, mean you know. Digital modes, you mean text? Yeah, text. Not, yeah. not like SMS, but I mean like no, tech. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like text. text over HF. Yeah. Yeah. So I've never had a bad contact. If you are in contact with somebody, that transmission is going to come through. You know, and like I said, it's just easier to decode beeps and boops than it is to try and get a whole, you know, the, the, the communication and the inflection of the voice to come across at long distance. And people do is it, this, but it's digital modes are easier. Is this how the Garmin inReach works or is the inReach satellite? The inReach is satellite. Okay. Um, what are the differences and advantages, disadvantages of what you're doing in something like a Garmin inReach? So what I'm doing is um, totally self-contained. There's not a reliance upon And actually, so hold on. I don't know that Garmin yeah. makes the inReach. I don't know if inReach is their own brand or something like that. Just Yeah, so they, 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 they acquired, and I've actually, I know the guys that um, were working on the inReach before it got acquired through Garmin, but it was a, it was a company out of Utah that had developed it and then Garmin acquired the inReach. So, but it is their product now. Um, but Sorry, yeah, I just so, had to put that out there before I got into any issues. So. Yeah, totally. So the difference between what I'm doing and what Garmin is doing is like my whole system is focused on no reliance. Like you don't, there is not a need for satellites for what I do and my computer. There is oh, not a need okay. for connection. There is not a need for any of that. And as an example, like the local internet that the device hosts is all hosted on the device itself. So it's not needing to go anywhere to retrieve any data to then spit it back out. It's all located right there. You know, it's all searchable. It looks just like a website does. You know, it's very easy to use. So, you know, for the people that aren't familiar, um, I sell a product called Gridbase. I also have another product called Pocket, and they're just self-contained internet devices. And the other advantage of that is that, you know, you can put them in a Faraday bag and protect them from EMP, solar flares, and that kind of thing. So, you know, you could just, even if it's not something that is interesting to you to use on a regular basis, you know, it's a nice uh, little fail safe to be able to throw one in your, in your, in a Faraday bag and put it in the safe and just know, like if anything was ever to happen or, you know, or if you wanted to go travel or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, it's not going to be affected by RF and it's small enough to put in that package. And at any point in time, you could deploy it and, uh, you know, then be able to have your own information grid locally hosted. So, and then the Push. same thing with the eight. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, you're, you're not facing me, so I can't raise my hand. Um, <laughs> you're, oh, you're, good. you're behind me. Um, question. So these uh is it independent to grid base so for example if i want to get a message out to somebody do they also have to know and know about and use grid base no so the the great thing is is these programs you know digital mode programs started in the 70s 
um, with packet reporting. And now, you know, like WSG, WSJTX or JS8 Call, these are free programs that you can get. These are programs developed by Nobel Prize winners at Princeton, you know, years and years ago. This stuff is not new and it's not proprietary. So if you have a, any computer right now, you can download JS8 Call and with a $40 SDR dongle, you can begin decoding packets, you know. So um, this is something that uh, is not exclusive to GridBase. It's something that you can do on any computer with free software. The, specific, the specificity behind GridBase and why GridBase exists and, you know, why I think it's better than some of the other options that are out there is it's waterproof, shockproof, portable, low power. And, you know, that can't be said for all, all of the other aspects that are out there. As an example, like a lot of people use a Panasonic FZ-M1 and an FZ-M1 requires very specific batteries. So it's not very interoperable. Um, right. But... The great thing about GridBase is that as long as there's a USB-C cable around and a battery pack, you can run it. And so it makes it a more interoperable device as opposed to this proprietary battery design. Um, you know, the other thing is, is that the FZM1 runs Windows and uh, that can be a benefit for some people. But my goal with GridBase has been to make Linux operate as simply as possible. And it does that effectively. So with Windows, you get automatic updates and you get Cortana and you get all this kind of stuff that like when you're just trying to send a message, you don't need all this stuff popping up. And so, I love Linux. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so Linux is great for that because, you know, one, it's more low power two, it's an interoperable system. And three, there's not a whole bunch of crowded junk on it. It's, it's a dedicated purpose built device for this task, you know, and so, so it's, it's fast and it's ready to go. Yeah. So one of my friends actually, uh, I'm in a bit of what we call a financial, not slump, but I don't have a lot of monies right now. Uh, Welcome and I to needed, America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I needed a different uh, laptop. And so uh, what we did is we, <laughs> it was funny. Uh, she <laughs> she called it, uh, she called it Operation Computer for Underprivileged Zoomer because she's older than <laughs> me. And it was really funny. Um, but we, uh, we procured a laptop and she knows how to make them and knows how to load it all up. And, uh, in the cheapest way possible, she was going to do all this. So I've got a laptop with a pretty decent processor, uh, 16 gigs worth of Ram. Cause she put the little Ram sticks in there. Uh, yeah. and then she was like, Hey, look, uh, either you can spend a hundred and something dollars on Microsoft 11, or I can load up Linux on it and you can try Linux. And I was like, screw it. I'll run Linux. I know it's going to have some issues. Uh, but, and she was even saying that you can run like, windows in a different suite and use microsoft office products later um yep. is is what she was gonna what she's eventually gonna do for me on this laptop but anyway uh i actually really like uh running linux and especially for free um it's yeah. it's like the perfect mesh of apple and uh microsoft um, we well, you know apple's just, built App, apple's built off of linux backbone did you know that oh really no i didn't know that yeah so the, the under the undercurrent of the mac operating system has been and is linux and so That's it's, cool. it's a, just a very advanced Linux, but like if you learn how to code in Linux, you could work on the back end of Mac OS pretty easily. Right. Well, and I was talking mainly the, the, uh, I guess, user interface in OS because oh, I right. guess, you know, modern Linux, it has the little, uh, you, you gotta forgive me, man. I'm, I know a lot about computers that a lot of people we're, don't, I don't know much we're about this. Both so. learning at the same time. <laughs> I won't forgive you. And I won't hold you accountable for misspeaking. That's you know? Yeah. I, but the, uh, the, the like apps and the settings and the, you know, the way the apps look and stuff like that, it was all very Apple-esque, but it was organized in a Windows fashion. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it, right. it, it's really cool. And not to, not to divest too much from what you were saying, because it was very interesting, but uh, 
give me well, kind I'm, of a rough. I'm glad you brought all that up and, and I hold on to that thought because I just wanted to say that a lot of people are, are hesitant to use Linux, and I'm glad that you had that experience with it because it's uh you know I'm not like I said in the beginning I'm not some like tech guy I'm not Steve Jobs I'm a regular blue collar guy just learning Linux you know so. Um, I'm glad to hear that you also have that experience that, you know, it's actually a very decent operating system these days. So carry yeah. on. And, and I don't, I know nothing about the back end. That's what I've got her for <laughs> is yeah, anything right. I need just here, take care of it. <laughs> and, that's, and that's a testament. That's a testament to how good it is. You don't have to know the back end of Linux to be able to work on it well, you know? Yeah. And, and I think, I think that's the common misconception with Linux is that like, Oh, well, I'm going to have to learn a bunch of back end stuff. And it's like, no, the, the graphical user interfaces on Linux these days is like tremendous. And, and that's yeah. the, that's true with uh, the grid-based unit as well. It's really good. The only problem that I've had had with it is that I have had with it is uh, running the podcast software and stuff like that. There's some softwares that I can't get on there. Um, and actually, yeah. I just need to get my ass in gear because she's found me multiple uh, multiple substitutions and stuff like that. I just need to get in gear and get it done, uh, which yeah. is actually what I'll probably do this weekend. But nice. so let's talk about core base or not core base. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, um, you had a couple questions about HF. Did I answer them all? Yeah, I, I, I think about, so. About I think, comms? Yeah. Yeah, I think to, to my level of need to know, I, th- I think so. I don't, I don't have any other need yeah. to know anything I'll, outside of I'll that. Plug, I'll plug one more thing, which is that a $40 USB SDR dongle comes with an antenna. It's a great way to start learning about radio if that's what you want to do. It takes the mm-hmm. invisible spectrum and puts it in a visible form. And, you know, you can decode weather packets. You can listen in to uh, airband voice. You can look at you know, air, air traffic control data and you can do all kinds of stuff with an SDR dongle. So for $40 cool. and free software, you can start doing that. So even if you're not into the radio aspect, you may just be interested in this as a hobby or whatever. It's a great tool. And, and I've never, I'm still growing into my SDR and I consider myself relatively proficient with it, but it seems like it's an endless bound of uh, things you can do with it. So that's well, the one thing. One thing two is uh, if you did want to get into HF digital modes, you can get a radio for 160 bucks called a true SDX. And I talk about that in my video series. So previously, you know, radios have been thousands, hundreds, multiple hundreds of dollars. Uh, and these days you can get a perfectly capable radio uh, for HF digital modes for $160. So, and, you know, like I said, free software on an existing computer. So, and I think like a $60 yeah. sound card. So pretty, pretty reasonable to get into Gone are the days of like, you know, needing a, thousand dollar radio and like some crazy ham shack to be able to start doing this stuff how much is a a grid base i don't know if they're called grid bases or whatever whatever yeah, you offer yeah, yeah what, what how much is I, I i sell i sell them for 9.99 and that includes an sdr dongle antenna battery packs cables uh it's just everything that you would need i personally hate buying something and then like having to get other stuff later it just drives me crazy so yeah. I've focused on making this a package where you can just buy this and begin using it. You don't have to go get other crap afterwards. The only thing that I didn't so include cool. that you may want is another um, a backup, like 1,000 terabyte hard drive just to back up the system on. Um, and I didn't include it because I figured why include the cost if somebody already has one. But yeah, if you don't have a 1,000 terabyte, that's the only thing I would highly recommend getting so that you can back up the OS so that you, yeah. if you're in the field and for some reason it crashes, you can easily just plug in your 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 backup os and just like keep going you know um, surely you, but, you mean one terabyte not a thousand terabyte yeah, i'm sorry not, yes not, one terabyte not to be yeah, yeah. not to be pedantic i just yeah <laughs> um, yeah there's no, one thousand right. terabyte yeah yeah yeah. So. yeah what is that that's a, that's actually there's a name for that can't remember what it is uh but anyway yeah um so yeah the 999 is the cost for that and then for the people that aren't interested in the full grid-based unit that maybe don't need the hf digital modes and sdr software don't need all that 
I offer a separate product called the Pocket, which is $2.99. And it's so simple. I'm so proud of it. Uh, I set out to make a product for the Academy Dad is the market that I call it, which is just like the person that just wants the off-grid internet thing. And all you do is turn it on. And as soon as you turn it on, wait about 30 seconds and then connect to it on your phone, laptop, iPad, whatever. There'll be like a little uh, Wi-Fi that pops up called Gridbase. You just connect to that. And then as soon as you connect to it, you're good. You open up your browser. And uh, on some devices, it'll automatically open the browser for you. But yeah, you open the browser and then you can scroll through, you know, thousands and thousands of different topics, searchable topics, all of Wikipedia, you know, uh, I think over 50,000 books. And like, you know, like as far as entertainment and books goes, searchable FAQs. So there's one in there on like motor vehicle maintenance and repair. Uh, there's one oh, in there so on cool. like amateur radio. And so like you can open up one of these stack exchanges and it's basically like the way I have it laid out is it's like a series of websites within this thing, you know? And so you can just click on it, open it up. Let's say like the motor vehicle one and then just search your problem into the search bar. And there's like, I think over 5,000 different frequently asked motor, like the top asked motor vehicle maintenance and repair questions. So you can search them. So you can say like Ford F-150 or whatever. And then it'll just come up with like every different F1, Ford F-150 question that's ever been asked. And uh, for all your basic main troubleshooting topics, it's in there, you know, it's searchable. The hyperlinks are searchable. So you can follow it to a different page. Maybe there's schematics and diagrams within that, you know, and then there's of course all the regular survival stuff that's in there as well. So not tying field medicine, uh, books on midwifery, uh, no army kidding. publications. Um, you know, there's like the, the military or the Marine Corps summer and winter survival training course books are in there. I mean, I have videos that go in depth onto everything that's on there. So if you're interested in that, I'd suggest you go look at it because it's too exhaustive of a list for me to even make a actual full scope video on because you're talking about 500 compressed gigs of data. So as an example, like Wikipedia is 90 gigs on its own, but it's compressed. So it's a full Wikipedia page, um, but compressed into 90 gigs. And so, for anything that the device doesn't have on it, uh, which in my opinion is everything, but for anything that it lacks, you can always consult Wikipedia and you can search it just like regular Wikipedia. So pull it up, search whatever topic and follow the hyperlinks and see the images and, you know, get your way around in there. So it's really a, it's the answer to all the basic things that you, you know, you would think you need. So if you have a question about what, it, does it have this, just email me and I'll let you know, but just kind of bear in mind that if it's something that you're like, Oh, I wonder if it has this. It probably does. It's a, it's a very exhaustive list. That is, that is crazy. I have so many questions. Uh, number one, I'll, I'll definitely, can you send messages with this little pocket thing or is, no, it, or is it just is like an just, encyclopedia? The pocket is just a mobile library. That's all it is. Okay. And it's shareable with up to 10 people at a time. And so that's one thing that I wanted to focus on with this product. Cause some people were like, well, why wouldn't you just like get a USB stick and plug it in your phone? Well, it's shareable. So let's say we're all camping in a cabin together. We can turn it on yeah. and 10 people can be on it at the same time, maybe reading a book or watching a Ted talk or, or like you can, as an example, like there's a, an FAQ in there that you can search for like a ton of different board games and stuff. So maybe somebody's in the other room playing chess and they're curious about the rules or whatever, you know, it's like you can have multiple people working on it at the same time or to go back to the, the cars broken down uh, narrative. You know, if we're all trying to problem solve something, everybody can be on the devices they already have and be researching okay. in real time, you know, what the solutions are. Um, so Where, yeah, it's, it's, it's a collaborative device. How do you, how, so this is probably going to be a really not stupid, but simple question. Um, how do you, you're basically giving us the internet um, in, in my pocket. How do you do that? 
like is where is where is this okay <laughs> where is it connecting to where is it getting all the information what 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 is the deal here how do you get the information yeah. and do you so update it regularly how do you how do you do this no and i love this question everybody always asks about updates we're like we're conditioned to think that we need updates and i love to find that so no it is never going to be updated and it never needs an update everything that's on there is on there and it is the exhaustive list it's taken me years to be able to develop this list and it will never need or, or require an update. So that's the beauty of it, though. And I think that should be like a marketable thing. You don't have to update it. <laughs> it just right. exists. Well, and it's well, always let me, good. Let, let me take your own example. Let's say the Go 2024 ahead. F-150 right. uses a different starter than the 2012. Um, right. Will it update with the times and information? Let's say nobody needs this until like 2040. When no. What's, what's going to account for 2023 to 2024 or 2040? Yeah, so that's a good point. And this this is really, you know, we talk about it from the standpoint of it just being the ultimate contingency, right? Um, I'm not looking for it to be, you know, let's just say if you have a 2024 F-150, like life is probably pretty good, right? Ho hopefully the internet is still working because you just bought a 2024 F-150. So, you know, in that context, uh, I would think that things are still up and running. This device is more for a contingency where like, you know, things are just absolutely shattered. And we're talking about, you know, scavenging whatever we have together. Hopefully the resources are in there for you to be able to piecemeal what you need to be able to get the information out of it. But no, it's, you know, as far as Wikipedia, you know, it's not going to tell you who the president was past 2023. You know, those types of information, okay. that type of information won't be available. But what I hope that people see the value in it as is that like certain things are constants, how to do trapping, how to tie knots, how to fish, how to identify what to eat oh, from fair. a foraging standpoint, how to filter water how to build a fire, how to all of those kinds of things are non-changing facts, you know? And so that's really what this device focuses on is the contingency aspect for the things that are never changing. Of course, there's some, they may update the rules in chess or whatever, right? And in which case you'll be stuck with the old chess rules on the device, but, uh, you know, or, or come up with a new board game or something, right? Or come out with a new book or those things might be, uh, will certainly happen. Um, but uh, the literary classics will stay the literary classics, you know, of mice and men, uh, you know, uh, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn, like those things will remain classics, literary classics that are on there for good. And so uh, that's really where where it's at is, is with the contingency of the device, not necessarily to be the most up to date resource for uh, for the Internet. And so then sense. to answer your, your yeah. other question of how does it work? We're fortunate now that we have a compression type known as Zim compression. Zim compression allows us to compress whole websites into their same searchable function. And we also have programs to serve Zims on a server. And so that's what we're doing here. We're compressing Zims, putting them in an XML library, and then serving the XML library. And then you can dive into the XML library and search the Zim files. But it's a little more back end than most people care to know, but uh, that is how it works using Zim compression. Let, let me ask you this. Uh, is there a way, so let's say complete and under breakdown or whatever, um, let's say that I want to put my wedding vows on the pocket. Uh, is there right. a way for me to add my own things into the pocket? That's what we're working on. I'm hoping to eventually find investment for this. I found investment for this, but everybody wants to take half the company and I'm not willing to give up that much. Um, it's just not worth it. So hopefully I find a reasonable investor who will work with me on doing something like that. Because ultimately my goal is to have an area on the website where you could like upload, you know, a website or upload, um, you know, as an example, like a PDF of your wedding vows and then like download it and add it to your library. 
I mean, I think that's like the pinnacle of where this product should go, but it's not there yet, but it's absolutely in the, in the plan. Uh, but we would need further capital to be able to afford software developers to do something like that, which is not where we're at as a company currently. I hope, I hope you get there. This sounds really cool. And even, um, the, the development is not going to, uh, uh this is a poor word, but the envelopment is not going to slow down my, uh, my, my purchasing of the product. It'll be the moment that I have $300 to spare. I will buy one. Cause that is really cool. Uh, and yeah. even with the, the, the grid base, the moment that I have, uh, $999 to spare. I think that is just so cool. I'm, I'm a huge believer in, uh, in what you're doing. I'll, um, I'll, 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 I'll send you, I'll send you a pocket. You don't got to worry about it. I mean, I want this device to be in the hands of people who can experience it and share oh, it with other people. So, cool. so I'm, I'm waiting on, uh, the cases. So there's a company in, uh, Denver, Colorado known as S3 cases. And if you're not familiar, you should absolutely check them out because they are an all American in-house, very compliant case company. And, um, so they are making the cases for the pocket. So they're making waterproof, shockproof cases out of their 1000 series case with a custom molded insert and custom branding on top. And so uh, cool. they're in the middle right now of making those cases. So once I get the cases from them, um, I'll happily send you one. So we'll just stay in touch for that. But yeah, I want Dude, more yeah. people to experience it and know that it exists and not even, I don't, I'm not asking for promotion or anything. I just think it's something that needs to be put in the, in the hands of capable people. You know, so no, um, dude, I'll maybe do, a bad uh, business can, decision yeah. to give them away, but like I kind of just want to give them all away. <laughs> They're like, cool, we're all self sufficient now. Sweet, you know, yeah, no, uh, for <laughs> sure, man. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge fan, and and I appreciate if you want to send it to me, I'll, I'll absolutely, um, run. I, I, I don't run any ads yet, but um, yeah, I would love for, well, for grid base to be my first. We'll but, do it. I, um, I can't offer you any deals on the grid base unit. I have too much in those, but to the pocket, no, no, I can no, certainly no. do it's, Yeah. It, it's, it's cool. I, and I'm not asking for that either. I'll, I know I'll you're not, but I, whatever, I wish I could. That, so. No, <laughs> yeah. that's cool. The, uh, the grid base. And I'm really interested in the grid base because that's always been, I've always had to consider if I do go on a Western hunt, I'm going to need an mm -hmm. inreach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially if I have to go alone. Uh, and even right. on some of the hunts that I go in now in, uh at lake meredith uh it, i could probably use it in reach luckily my wife knows where it is and it's a small enough area uh that right. i always tell her hey if you don't hear from me by two o'clock or if you don't yeah, hear from me in. by 8 8 p.m uh either check in on me uh or call somebody to to go check on me um yeah that's that's always kind of what i've done but if i go anywhere out west uh <laughs> It sounds like it is probably a little bit heavier of a solution than than an inReach, but it sounds like something that's way better for for end times and and for not really end times. That's kind of gloomy. It just sounds like yeah. it's a the the point of it is to be a hey, I have this. You know, you know, like, yeah. I, I I I put it like this. Like the the idea for the pocket came from you know a guy like I was I was showing an investor the um the full size unit and uh, he really liked the product, but he was like, dude, for people like me. Like, you know, this back end stuff, it's just like, it's too much, you know, like he just, he was very irritated by the lack of what he felt like was usability on a Linux computer. And yeah. he reached into his backpack and he grabbed a T-Mobile hotspot and he's like, I need this. He's like, you know, what, what, why am I, why am I going to do this instead of this, you know? And, uh, yeah. and so two things came out of that. One, I went back and it, oh God, it was the hardest thing I ever did. And I said, I would never do it, but I went back. And I started from absolute scratch on building the grid base OS and built it up so much better. And I'm so glad I bit that bullet. And it took me I, I, for like two months, I was up for 24 hours most of the days. I mean, I did a 38 hour day one day and it was Wild. just like, 
just trying to just crank dude because i have orders that are due you know and in, in the fall and so i i was like really taking a gamble to go back and just re-envelop the whole os again you know and anyway it it's done now and i'm scott i'm so proud of it. it's one of the most proud things uh, that i've done in my life next to like making my first hf contact uh being a good husband and father you know it's like it's in there it's in that range but it came out of him you know being like this needs to be better and i'm glad he pushed me in that realm but at the same time that I was developing the, the, the new OS for the full size unit, I was also like, there needs to be this T-Mobile thing, you know? And so I was also prototyping this new product and yeah. uh, it came out of that though, where he was like, it needs to be as easy as this. And I was just like, you're absolutely right, but it doesn't need to be a substitute product. There just needs to be a product that meets people in different areas of their life, you know? And I hope going forward, I'd like to offer a product where we can just, you know, insert it into an iPhone. And then just like, just for you, you know, I'd like to do that in the future, just so we have like a ground floor product. We have like the middle of the road, the pocket, and we've got like the, the esteemed at the top with the, with the base awesome. station. Like that would be ideal for me as a product line, but yeah. Um, and in reach well, is, you know, it, irreplaceable though. I mean, it, it in its own right, you know, you ask the question, how is it different from the in reach? You know, the in reach is connected. The in reach one has a ton of R and D and support behind it. You know, so you're talking about like a, an absolute, magnate of a product as far as i'm concerned where the grid base is a professional product a highly developed product a sharp product that works and functions well that has support but at the end of the day it doesn't feature that satellite connectivity that the inreach has and uh, you know but i i think in some ways that's good you know it's like the maps feature on the grid base unit is completely locally hosted so you can get off-grid maps anywhere and with the use of a gps dongle you can get your precise location so there's still some functionality that the grid base has. It's just not as portable as the inReach. Yeah, no, that I I think that eventually, again, when I when I when uh when you become a billionaire selling grid base, and when I become <laughs> uh, a multimillionaire doing my podcast, um, yes. I will have a grid base, an inReach, and a pocket, <laughs> and I'll buy yes. them for Christmas gifts for all of my hunting totally. buddies. And and that's um, what that was one of the things yeah. that you know some people have talked about is it's like okay, so there's like the Suron electric bicycle, you know, it nods that you got to have. And then like grid base, you know, I want to be in that product. And it's kind of like what you said, like from the hunting aspect, like, okay, I need the pocket. I need the in reach. And then like, these, these are some basic things, you know, I want to be a product that's included with that, not necessarily trying to push anybody out or say that it's better than anything else. It's a different product and it, and it exists alongside these things very well. Yeah, no. And, and, um, so let's, uh, I tell you what, um, I'm drinking water heavily. Let's take a bathroom break and I okay, will good. Uh, try to cut this. I'm going to go run yeah. and take a whiz and then I'll be back. Okay. Love I'll it. Sounds good. My microphone here. So, all righty. All right, everybody. We, uh, we are back from the pee break. Uh, it was much needed. Um, we were getting really, really in depth with the, uh, the grid base. Uh, Jacob just made my absolute, uh, week, month, year by telling me that he's going to send me a, uh, oh. the, the pocket. Um, no, that's yeah, sweet. it was, no, that's really cool, man. Uh, yeah. I, I, I love stuff like that. My, uh, I want to try to bring this back into a sense of purpose, but I have a couple other questions before I do that. Um, I want to, I want to tie that into your sense of purpose. So be thinking about that as I ask other less consequential questions. Um, number one, have you done anything with T-Rex arms? Because I know he's been getting into comms uh quite a bit have you seen what yeah. he's doing have you have you done anything with with lucas uh what are the differences between between what maybe he's doing and you're doing uh because i know i have one guy in particular that is a big lucas fan as well as myself yeah 
Yeah, so let's talk about T-Rex Arms as like the Nashville that wouldn't let David Allen Coe in, you know, because, um, <laughs> you know, T-Rex Arms is just the, the when you talk about T-Rex Arms, and, and I, I'm only speaking to, to, to the point of T-Rex Arms and everyone that works with them with the highest level of respect. Um, and so nothing that I sh- say should be taken in any other context, but I have the highest level of respect. And I want to talk about my relationship with them. You know, I used to be a, uh, a liberal that had no interest in guns and knew nothing about it and was against guns. And like, that was like, believe it or not, like where I started and where I was six or seven years ago, you know? So um, Lucas and T-Rex arms and Isaac and the, the network that they've helped establish and the, the magnate that they are within the community, they're directly responsible for grid base and they're directly responsible for anything good that I've done uh, like in that realm, you know, so um, I have the utmost respect for them and, and the work that they do is tremendous, but they are, and all those Nashville boys, dirty civilian, you know, and the, the people associated with that, all those Nashville boys, they are, you know, the, the record company that you got to get in with, so to speak, you know, at least the way yeah. I see it, maybe a weird way of looking at it, but I'm not trying to get in with them. If they want to do something with me, I'm happy to do it. I'm, I'm doing my own thing and it's separate from what they're doing, but they are just, it's not a matter of anything else other than they are just absolute professionals. So to play yeah. on that, uh, play on their league and to be in that sphere and everything, you have to be an absolute professional, you know, and I respect that. And um, in all honesty, grid base needs to be at that level and it is the most professional level it can be, but we're not at T-Rex arms level of proficiency and professionality with warehouses and jigs and content houses and media production. I mean, you're talking about a full-time operation that is just as professional as it gets. So, no, and not surprisingly. However, Isaac did follow me, and that's a win, baby. So we're cool with that. That's cool. Uh, yeah, so he knows about Gridbase at least, and he followed me after the Redacted podcast. So I'm guessing that he heard that podcast and liked what I was doing. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows? He may have a team or something that, like, follows accounts for him. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but no, yeah, funny. so he has. He's aware of it. I've seen that they're doing stuff with comms. Um, I think everybody is right now, you know, I, you know, gun culture 3.0 was all about sustainment and learning the basics of survivability and recce and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I've been calling it gun culture 4.0, which is like the technical aspect of, of all of it. And I think comms uh, being the most technical, of course, brought on by major players such as Mojave repeater and uh, formerly terminal armament. Now FOSA uh, Vlad over there, you know, he's a major player in the you know direction finding SDR comms game and so, you know, uh, we're standing on the shoulders of giants, and those are the giants that, that we're standing on the shoulders of. But uh, I think T-Rex Arms does well in what they do, and, and I can't wait to see what they come out with for comms because it's going to be tremendous. Everything they do is always so excellent. So, No, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, there is kind of a comms wave, and I think that it's going to be a lot harder to pick up because so many people are like me and absolutely don't understand it. And I think that once grid base uh, gets to the point that I believe it's going to get to, that'll make it a lot easier for everybody to get into it. Um, I think the easiest way right now is SDR. You'll hear me say it a thousand times. Just if you if you are confused or whatever, buy an SDR and figure it out. Like it's it's just the way. It's the way. So I cool. yeah yeah for forty bucks, man, you can start figuring it out. And you know my my intro to this was because Isaac had posted about and I've talked about this briefly in the redacted podcast, but just simply that Isaac posted about the uh, Flipper Zero. And so I went out and bought a Flipper Zero. I was like, I had no idea what it was. I was just like, you know, looks cool. And uh, got it. I was on one of the first waves uh, to get it. I waited like five or six months to get it. And, oh, my God, it was so cool, dude. But, like, that was 
that was what gave me the technical legs to feel like I could even do the grid based stuff, you know? And I think yeah. SDR is much the same way. Like SDR will give you the technical legs to be able to start pursuing comms, you know, in a, in a more uh, proficient manner and being able to understand some of these highly theoretical concepts. That's cool. Yeah. And maybe Isaac was, I, I know, I think I've seen Lucas post a little bit about it, but maybe I think I follow Isaac as well. Um, maybe yeah. Isaac was the one that I've seen post a lot about it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, man, that's all, that's all really cool. And, and, you know, uh, I do think that I do think that you're on a level where you can be a benefit to them. And I think that very soon, hopefully um, I, I, I do pray and I will be praying that uh, you, you get everything that's coming to you because uh, I think that in a good way, because I think that what the product that you're putting out, uh, unfortunately, I think it will be needed. Um, I think yeah. it will be a need. And so let's talk a little bit about um, the purpose of grid base and how it ties into to, to your purpose as a person. And, you know, you had mentioned on the redacted podcast and uh, which, you know, thanks. Uh, thanks for thanks for pointing me to that, because that's that's kind of how I, I based this one on what I was going to talk to you on. But uh, you had mentioned it on the phone call, too, is, of you know, if we do ever have to rebuild society, uh, if we do ever have to rebuild in any form, we're going to need things like this. Uh, and it's going to make it a whole lot easier when we've got a uh, hopefully your grid base isn't in the closet. Hopefully you use it and train with it. But uh, when you can run out to the truck and, and you know, get get it out of the Faraday bag and open the open the grid grid base and say, OK, do, 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 do whatever you're going to do. Um, yeah. Now we can. This is the first step in rebuilding society. So talk to me a little bit about uh, we. I know we've, we've touched on the purpose of grid base, but give me from a broader sense of, from a societal perspective, what is grid base trying to do and how does that tie in with your person, with your purpose uh, as Jake Knight? Yeah. Well, grid, grid base just seeks to create more independent free thinking individuals. Right. And so that's, 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 uh, I've found, fortunately, I don't really know how, I mean, just by the grace of God, I've found the ability to unplug from the psyop and just be able to think for myself. I think, being homeschooled was a huge part of that because I wasn't indoctrinated. And so I think I had a, maybe a little bit easier time thinking critically about the world that I live in. Um, but grid base, you know, a, a, as an extension of myself, it, it seeks to do that because I think we, the gun community or the survival community or whatever, just spends a lot of time like on CQB and, you know, like really crazy stuff. That's like a good skill and we need those operators and we need people to have that skill, but you know, your average person's not going to be doing that. And, most people are going to be trying to like, okay, eat. we need to, we need, well, yeah, eat, but also like beyond just the, like we have a tendency to go to these extremes of like eating water and like, yes, but also like once you're not worried about where your next meal is coming from, then what, you know? And I think for me and, and like maybe even if you are worried about where your next meal is coming from, you still need to maintain morale. So how can we do that? How can we maintain this normalcy so that people's only thoughts aren't like, what am I going to eat next? You know, well, I think we can have school. We can have school for kids and we can teach things, which is why the pocket and the grid base both have, you know, educational programs on them K through 12 for science, English, history, you know, language learning, math, all that stuff, chemistry. So it has all of the, and they're from Khan Academy. So they're really good programs. So, you know, it's like being able to maintain uh, school and to give kids and children a sense of normalcy and to be able to, you know, like maintain life as it was, I think is just as important. You know, hopefully the centuries are standing guard so that we can have school that day, you know, whatever, if it's that crazy. Um, but yeah, so like I was saying, just my own purpose is just to like get people to think more critically about how we approach um, 
you know, the survivability aspect or the, the long-term, you know, um, and I'm not even, not even necessarily like disaster, you know, cause that's such an extreme, but I mean, really what, what has happened is like parents have, aren't sending their kids to schools because they're not a safe place to send their kids. So then like, what about homeschooling? You know, I look at my product from the standpoint of like, it's a homeschooling parents dream. Yeah. You can have your kid be able to research stuff, you know, on the fake internet, but they're not exposed to all of the dangers of the internet. And they're not exposed to, um, you know, That's a really good the, the bad actors that are out there. So you can have your kid have all the resources of the internet with the security and the privacy of not actually being connected to anything. And so That's like a- even outside of the extremes of like, whoa, you know, when society collapses, which is like, you know, will or won't happen or whatever. I think that like even in our daily lives, we can kind of think outside the box a little bit about how we're teaching our kids and raising our kids and how we're protecting our kids. And, you know, we can't send them to schools anymore. That's a real thing that's happening now. Or, I mean, even on like the power grid, you know, the power grid in Texas goes down regularly. It's just not capable of withstanding the amount of people that have moved here. And yeah. it's also independent. It's an independent power grid and it's private. And so that's a good thing, but it comes with some challenges. And so then like, let's say power's down for a week at home and you're a homeschool parent, you know, like, with the grid base, you could continue to keep to upkeep that schooling and to upkeep that education, you know, using solar power battery packs and, you know, just on very low power. Like you can continue to keep that normalcy going and not have it feel like, well, the power's down and I can't, you know, not whatever, blah, blah. I think there's just like this desire to go to the extremes, but we're already kind of in an extreme situation. I think maybe we're gaslit ourselves into believing that we're not, but the extreme situation is here and it is happening and it has happened. Infrastructure's falling. You know, and um, and so this answers that that immediate question now. Of course, it also answers the further down the line question, but it answers it answers questions now too as it relates to that. So, you know, the question was about the purpose of grid base and the, the purpose of uh, you know my own purpose as well. As we talked about earlier, I just want to force people into thinking about new ways and creative solutions to solve problems and to step out of their own little ego cage that they have and to kind of start forming some critical thoughts about the society that they live in. And so I think grid-based challenges uh, people to do that because it requires, it's, it's a device that requires your creativity to use it and requires you to kind of come up with these, you know, scenarios in your own head to use it. And it hopefully it will be a tool for you. Um, and then, you know, as a company, it serves that purpose as well. That's really cool, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's so awesome but, to even think about. You, you, you pulled up a, uh, a very deep memory of, uh, I don't know if the if the Nintendo DS is. I don't know if it was Bluetooth or what it was, but you could connect uh, D- Nintendo DSs and you could you could message on them. Do, oh yeah, do you I remember have that. Any recollection of this? Yeah. Of course, um, yeah. And so uh, <laughs> it just brings back a memory of me and my friends and uh, one friend in particular, uh, where when our families were together, uh, we weren't allowed to have cell phones yet, obviously, um, but I don't think our families had a clue that we could sit there and be within like a certain amount of feet of each other with the, with the DSs and, and be talking on the Nintendo DSs. That, that, this has that, that, brings it back this has that yeah. same sort of functionality too, like outside of the HF comms and everything. It's got like a local chat box that like any other device that has VNC downloaded already, you can chat with other devices on VNC. So it's like yeah. iPhone, iPad, computer, whatever grid base does that. So yeah, it's, yeah. It, but when I, when that was developed, it was very much out of the nostalgia of the Nintendo DS is being able to send messages back and forth. So I identify with that completely. And also it has a Mario 64 on it. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's so cool. And, and I could see even like, uh, especially I think, and not to 
give you any information that you either a don't already know or um like this isn't a, a slight but i think the moment that you can upload your own information into these things yeah. like like the pocket and stuff like that that that's going to be just it's a game changer. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolute game changer. And for the price of a thousand dollars, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, hopefully um, it's priced wherever it needs to be for, for you to sell them and for it to be worth it. But uh, for the yeah. price of a thousand dollars, I mean, it, it ought to be in every American home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it ought to be right there next to the rifle of, of, Hey, as, as plugged in as we are to the yeah. internet right now, um, especially when we can put our family, you know, our family stuff on this, you know, like, right. uh, can 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 it serve as a display to access other drives? So oh yeah, it's that... a regular computer. Okay. Yeah, so you could just upload you know information to it and hold it on there, you know. Okay. But ultimately, what what it does is is it empowers other people's independence, right? It empowers other people's independence, and it challenges the way that we approach preparedness as a whole. So yeah. it's like if we can do that, that's that's tremendous because I think ultimately that helps people become better leaders. You know, like leaders yes. need tools. And so it's like, we're talking about leadership development. You know, I, my, my stepdad, I told you my dad died a long time ago. I had a stepdad and he was awesome, dude. And he was like, he, you know, he not was, he's still around. He's a tremendous guy, dude. First man, I could go off on how good he is, him and my mom. That's but, awesome. my, but my stepdad is, is the director of one of the largest missions networks in the United States. And they save girls out of sex trafficking and provide food and water and shelter for orphans and homeless on the state side and in basically every continent. I mean, they're just, they're huge and uh, just an, a rad dude. And like, you know, his mission and everything, I, I grew up in the mission field, you know, with him and his mission and like being on all of those mission trips with him is also like another backbone of like the grid base and the pocket and all of that is like, I, I was thinking, I couldn't help but think about like missionaries within all of that, you know, but one of the best things he ever did was just, it was, was preach leadership and talk about how important it was to be a leader, you know, and, and just the principles of leadership that I feel like most people don't get. I mean, he would always tell me like anything with two heads is a monster, right? It's good to be a leader and it's good to be a follower and it's good to know when to do both. Like those were foundational mm -hmm. principles that like, that I grew up with when like carrying into adult, hood you know i'm like okay i need to be the leader in this situation and what does that look like what does good leadership look like or man you know i, I love when there's another leader a good leader in the room because it allows me to be able to take a step back and i love i'm good with following behind a good leader you know yeah. and so it's like i love that but I, I think sometimes people's get people get in the way of themselves with that and they think about it you know in a strange way and i've, I've never been um subjected to that because of the upbringing that I had with my, with my stepfather, you know, teaching me how to be a leader and how to be a good follower and know when to do both and, and all of that. And, you know, so it's ingrained within me to help people become stronger leaders and to help people understand leadership. And, you know, if you're, if you're running around with a hammer, everything's a nail. And I think that like, that's very much the CQB rifle, one reload, one gun thing, you know, and like, that's kind of what, you know, we're just, going back to your initial question of like the purpose behind it. It's like on the most esoteric aspect, it's, it's hoping to empower leaders and empower leadership in a different way from different people, you know, and hopefully it can be a tool for that, that everyone can use. That's not a hammer to every solution, you know? Yeah, no, it, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense to me and, and I'll be an absolute stand for, for the product for a long time. It's kind of a, another analogy that I'm thinking of right now, as I've got a, uh, I don't know what the audio sounds like, but I've got a thunderstorm right over me. Um, we're expecting some severe, really bad weather here in Amarillo, uh, I guess this evening, I don't know how bad it's actually going to get this evening, but, um, I live in a little cul-de-sac 
and uh, I'm the only one on the cul-de-sac with a tornado shelter in my garage. So oh, I'm the only one with a tornado shelter and yeah. everybody knows it. So <laughs> like the neighbors, Man, I was the only us. one yeah. with the generator when the power went out at my house and it was the first time, dude. Wow. It was the first time that I was like, Oh, this makes me a target. <laughs> we should yeah. keep all the lights off, even though we don't have yeah. to, you know, I was like, you know, cause the generator is out in the back running and like, every, I'm like, dude, what if this persisted for like, you know, 12 days or something, you know, like I wouldn't be running that generator, you know, it, yeah. I don't know. It was a weird, it was a weird little thing, but the power went out for a few days and, I went up and down my street just to make sure there was nobody with a CPAP machine or like any kind of medical device that they needed electricity for. Cause if there was, yeah. I wanted to make sure that they knew that I was able to provide that for them if it was a health related issue. But otherwise I'm not really trying to like co-mingle with people in that type of environment. I'm just trying to take care of my family. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And, uh, but it was concerning because I was like, man, I'm the only person here with <laughs> power. And if this was a longstanding <laughs> issue, that could be a problem. Kind of what you're talking about. I'm the only person with a tornado shelter. You're going to end up with the whole neighborhood in your tornado shelter if it gets bad, you know? Yeah. Well, but that's it, what and empowering, but empowering other people to be independent and decentralized makes it to where we don't suffer that. Right. So it's yeah. like, if we can continue to empower people to be independent and, and to, and to be decentralized and autonomous and collaborative in their actions and in the way that they think about things, then we can all be, you know, a good resource to each other as opposed to just having to rely on one person, you know, right. and, um, and, and well, we I can make our own grid. Yeah. Well, my point with that is that it, it is, uh, you, you brought up the negative side of it. I was bringing up the positives of like, you know, the dude with a grid base is going to be the leader of the cul-de-sac. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When, when stuff, right. if, if stuff breaks down or even now, like you said, in the ways that right. we can use it now, the dude with a grid base is going to be the leader of a cul-de-sac. And I guarantee yeah. you when the clouds get dark, I'm the leader of the cul-de-sac. Uh, yeah. And I get to decide who comes. I'm sorry. The drug addicts <laughs> across, <laughs> like the drug addicts across the street, uh, you better go find your own tornado shelter. But the widow that's yeah. two doors down, you know, she's got a permanent invite to the tornado shelter. I, I think uh, you and, should include the drug addicts, dude, that you could lock them in there after it was done. You can make them dry out and you could witness to them, you know? Dude, well, I didn't even think about that, but that's a whole different direction. But yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, my uh, well, and I, I told I tell everybody, look, the rifle is the first thing that goes in the tornado shelter with me. So um, yeah. not not everybody. I don't know. I don't know what the people that lived here before I thought or before me thought. But the tornado shelter cannot fit all 40 people on the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the <laughs> right. kids know that the tornado shelter is here and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, we told everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, what in the oh, hell are you going to do? You got people beating on your on your garage yeah. door. What what like, opsec? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, well, and <laughs> luckily, luckily, it's got to come along in there that I can I can secure the door from the inside to where people can't open wow. it. And then I've That's got to cool. come along to where I can open it, uh, where I can open it. If like debris has fallen on it, uh, there's yeah. a come along in there that I can actually wrench that door open. Uh, That's and cool. so, yeah, if it does get too bad and I, and I've, I've honestly, I've told people, I was like, if you think that you're in any danger at all, you better get over here really quick and we can drink yeah. bourbon until, until we decide <laughs> that we need to get in the shelter. But once yeah. it's closed, it's, it's, you and, should you should hire yeah. a fake construction company to come and like do a bunch of work at the house. And when everybody asks what you're doing, you're like, oh, I'm removing the tornado shelter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no more tornado shelter. Well, yeah, I, I just told everybody. Didn't need it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I told everybody, I was like, knockers are considered looters. So um, yeah, <laughs> you know, be, be, be warned. But uh, but no, man. Uh, yeah. As far as promoting independent leadership, I think it's I think once I've heard about your product and once I know that you know, once you've told me that what it's going to do uh, and, and your purpose behind it and your, and your purpose as a man uh, to bring it back to a, a level of, of, of seriousness, uh, I, I do I do think that 
it is important for leaders. You know, I, I now hold it on the same level of obviously um, there is a, there's a criteria of importance. You know, your IFAC is probably level one and then your rifle. Exactly. And then, and then you know, um, yeah. after, after your rifle and your plates and your, your IFAC and your spare food, uh, if you've got a thousand dollars sitting around, uh, you need to have yep. a grid base. Um, well, we, we talk yeah. about being a leader. I mean, and I think you would agree with this. That's like, you gotta be a leader in your home before you can be a leader anywhere else. Right. And yep. I treat, I, I'm a, I'm a lead at work. Uh, and there's, uh, approximately 500 people in my department and there's eight leads. And so it's awesome to be able to be in that role. And, um, I use work as a training ground for how I lead at home. I can be a bad leader at work. I can say the wrong <laughs> yeah. thing. I can make the mistakes. I can be frustrated. I don't have to, you know what I mean? Like I, I get that right now. I'm not saying that I go out of my way to do that. Um, but I get a little more flexibility at work to not be the best leader, but at home, um, I'm just the guy that takes the trash out, you know? And, and beyond that, I'm also like, you know, the leader of my household and, uh, my wife's a very strong woman and, and we co-lead. It's not to say that there's a hierarchy there, but absolutely I'm the leader of my home. And so it's like, you have to be a leader in your home before you can be a leader anywhere else, but you can use being a leader in other places to sharpen your leadership skills at home. And so I think yeah. too, like with how the grid base plays a part in that is just with like, you know, it, it was all developed when my wife was pregnant and it was all developed almost exclusively around having like resources to be able to know how to give birth to my son. Um, if, if for some reason, like we had another COVID and hospitals were down or like, you know, there's weather situation is my son was going to be born in January. So didn't know how the weather was going to be. There's just looking at like, okay, I, I could, there's just looking at all my contingent options. And so yeah. it was born out of that place. It was born out of being able to provide care for my wife and son and being able to keep them both alive in that, you know? And so outside of the, what can we do for our community and all these other things, you know, it's like got to focus in on being a leader at home and having the tools that we need at home. Um, whether that's a grid base or not. And the nice thing about being at home is you have the ability to have a library. So if you have your own encyclopedia and you went to Goodwill and bought a ton of books, like that's, that may be better than grid base, you know, to a certain extent, um, yeah. different use, but, but it's like, even if you have to do what you can with what you've got, where you're at, and even if it's not with the grid base, there are other ways that you can empower yourself. You know, I have a book in my house that's on foraging and it's like, I've rarely crack it. You know, I crack it just to like, look and see, random things, but it's about foraging in Texas. You know, it's so like, I, I, I bet I have the same book, honestly. Yeah, wild, I, I, a for, forager's Wild Harvest or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't but, know, but I have a book exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I have no, you're good. the exact same thing that I hardly ever open, but it's literally yeah. just about Texas. It's, it's a contingency, yeah. you know? And so it's like, you can, you can begin to kind of amass it. You don't need a lot, you know, as far as the basics, you need some, you know, just some real basic things, food and water and and, you know, do you have means of filtration and, and whatever? And it's like, even on a very small level, you got to do what you can with what you got. I want to really emphasize here that's like, we are Americans and, and God, I'm going to catch flack for saying this, but there's a certain element of North Korea that is in Americans. Like we're just so indoctrinated to think that we have to consume things. And I kind of, yeah. a big part of me hates that I'm a part of that cycle, but it's, you know, here we are. It's all good. The free market's good. I'm not a communist at all, but also, I recognize that like sometimes we get stuck in a trap of thinking like, well, I need to buy this. And if I can't buy this, I'm not prepared enough, you know, and it's like, no, dude, you can do with what you've got here. If it's downloading free PDFs, you know, if it's buying books at half price books, if it's whatever, you don't need a thousand dollars. You don't need a grid base to be a leader and a prepared individual within your community and your household. You know, you can do those things on your own, on a budget, probably for 40 bucks, you could get pretty far, 
you know? And so yeah. the grid base is a luxury item. It is, it is something that you can grab if there's a fire and like dip out, but that's not to say that you couldn't get like a, an old Halliburton case and like throw all your books in there and like the ones that you need and like do the same type of thing, you know? So it's, it's a luxury and it's a different answer to a different problem, but it's, it's not the only answer. And I don't want to put anybody in some sort of limited mind consciousness mindset where it's like, Oh, I can't have this. So I'm not prepared enough. Not saying you or anybody else is, but just wanted to make that very clear that like, you know, we don't need to be consumers <laughs> to, yeah. to like, you know, be prepared individuals, you know, like you could do some serious damage with like a, a 3d printed slingshot you know you could do some serious damage with like a pvc pipe and some homemade darts you could do some yeah. pretty serious damage with some like welded nails into like little v's as jacks for you know i mean there's like all kinds of stuff you know like history is filled with creative solutions creative low budget solutions that were very effective so uh, we need to take advantage of those you know pipe shotguns and stuff so yeah no that, that's awesome uh I was going to take that somewhere. Oh, the other thing that I was thinking of is, is what is, uh, we've talked about what's next for grid base and is, is grid base actually a product yet? Or are we in the pre-order phase, Kickstarter no. phase? Um, so I, I've sold, I've sold, uh, over 50 of them. Um, and that was in the Pelican 1150 case. And then just like did a hard pause because I ordered 500 cases uh, for my supplier in Taiwan and ordered like 50 screens and just got like, I needed to get more set up. It took off really quickly and there was a lot of interest and people who were willing to wait, but the original price was $1,400 and I didn't feel good about that price point. I wanted to bring it down, but in order to bring it down, I had to buy it in mass quantity. So it just took some mm -hmm. time to be able to, to source the right products, get the right fitment because everything was developed around the Pelican 1150. And I was now new, doing a new box. So I kind of had to go back to the drawing board on some of this stuff. But the cases will be here next week. The final test print, it's, a, it's not a 3D print anymore. It's a polymer injection molded uh, faceplate. This is really nice uh, quality. And that's coming in uh, sometime this week as well. And then once I approve the test fit, I'll be able to send that back to my supplier. And then they're going to produce 500 in mass quantity to go in the boxes. So right now I'm taking cool. pre-orders for the grid base unit. And those will be delivered in the fall. I've received basically every other moving part that needs to go with it. So I'm just waiting on the boxes and the, and the face plates to go in now. And then we can start moving forward and I'll be set up then to do up to like 50 units before I need to kind of do a pause again, but hopefully I can manage the cash flow and everything. Right. I just had a message today that uh, there's a supplier that's trying to sell me 300 raspberry pies. And so I got to figure out how to make that happen. But uh, you know, if I was able to land that kind of deal um, you know, we'd be, we'd be set up, dude, that would be like, you know, 300 grid bases that I could put in stock. But right now we're, we're going to be able to meet all of our orders uh, by fall and we're probably going to be able to put about a dozen in stock. Um, and other than that, it'll go back to pre-order. But the nice thing is that the cases are already here, the faceplates are already here, and you know a lot of the moving parts that we're taking time to get the manufacturing process done, those are, that's about to be done. So uh, going forward, there should never be more than a two-week max turnaround time. Um, so yeah, so no, it's a product. You can buy it now and it'll deliver in the fall or sooner. Um, the pocket is a pre-order. And like I told you earlier, you know, the, the cases are being made up. That's the only thing I'm waiting on for that. So looking at probably four to six weeks for the pocket to be in stock, ready to just ship out. And so, so um, yeah, but these are all active products you can go and buy and have shipped to you before the end of the year. That's really, really cool. Um, one thing I was going to ask you about is, uh, and this is just a complete nerd question on my end and probably the last one that we'll talk about today. Um but is uh is music you're you said you're a real big fan of music and something that i have actually mm -hmm. contemplated um 
heavily, which is you know, <laughs> shows my priority level because it's the only thing that I've thought about like this in the context of grid base. But is what am I going to do? I'm I'm pretty confident that I can find food, that I can find water, uh, that I can kill yeah. just about anything I need to kill. Uh, but as far as it, uh, from an information standpoint, the one thing that I've been really worried about is I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Uh, I don't know how to play guitar. Um, yeah. What am I going to do without my, uh, you know, my George Jones yeah. and my and my Tyler Childers, you know, like yeah. if Spotify yeah. ever just ate shit. I'm done. I know. You know eat, I know. I know. Spotify. I know. I know. I know. Man, I think about that every day. And uh, when I set out to do this, it was one of the questions that was met with force immediately that you just can't do that <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> outside of downloading a library you know and it, i've got a lot of cds you know i've got every hank williams cd i've got every allman brothers cd i've got every zz top cd i've got every steven stills tape and cd like i have a ton of, of music that's in physical form uh that could then get converted into a digital form and put onto the grid base individually but that would be how to answer that question you have to put your music into an actual physical digital form and put it on there there's 500 gigs of free space uh, on the grid base when it comes shipped to you. So you've got that much room to work with. And then of course you could always put an external hard drive with that kind of uh, detailed information on it to, to put into a backup scenario. But I think about that too, man. And it's, we've given up our, for what is it? What's the saying, dude? Like the convenience you requested is now required. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, with Spotify, we've, we, we have now this unlimited access and it's been so great, but because of that, we don't invest in physical hard copies of music anymore. And so, you know, like you said, if Spotify was to crash or God forbid, you know, your account got wiped on accident or whatever, you know, it's like just re rebuilding from scratch there. It'd be really rough. Yeah. But um, I separately have a, uh, a company that me and some buddies started in college called Safana.world. You can go to www.safana.world. That's S-A-F-A-U-N-A. -A -A. And we have, uh, I think this year we're on our sixth playlist. It was just a, a collaborative effort between all of us throughout the year. We search for new music, we find new music. And then at the beginning of the year, we launch a playlist. It's like all of our best cuts that we found that year. And every year, man, I'm like, all right, we found it all, you know, and every year we find more. So it's, it's been a lot of fun, but uh, um, if you're interested in finding new music and, and uh, you know, all it's, it's not a particular genre. It's not a particular, it's just like good music, you know, our best cuts from all genres collaboratively between, you know, four to five people, just like everything we work to find, it all gets consolidated and then picked from to put into the Safana playlist. And uh, it's on YouTube too. So if you don't have Spotify, you can check it out on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, just look up Safana classics and you'll find a uh, playlist one through six or one through five. I think we're on six. Yeah. That's cool. I, uh, let's see. Um, one thing that I was thinking just with the music issue, I think a lot of the issues that you run into is with copyright stuff especially from a yeah, product it standpoint. It is. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I, this is probably a really stupid thought, but uh, <laughs> I wonder what the, like, I wonder if you could do something really sketchy just with the copyright standards of music. Like, it, it, I wonder like what yeah. the copyright standards of music are. Like, do you have, does it have to be in like, cause I would assume that it has to do with a certain type of note in a certain type of order uh, yeah. with a certain type of lyric in it. I just wonder if there was any way to like get around way, some sort of the way that thing. I've gotten around it is I've gone through and I've found cause Ted talks are open source. And so yeah. I've gone through and I've included multiple Ted talks from like Herbie Hancock and um, like just a couple of different like classic artists, like jazz artists and um, you know, things like that where they did live performances on a Ted talk. And so yeah. that's what I've included on the grid base is like those live performances. And I mean, I'm a huge Herbie Hancock fan. So like that was uh kind of cool for me to get to throw that on there certainly not a lot you know um 
David Allen Coe is not, uh, you know, on Ted talk, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, it's funny that but, you mentioned him because, uh, he does have some good old stuff, but he's also got some old stuff that, uh, is, 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 uh, interesting unsavory. to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's good for the boys around a fire, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. But yeah, you know, that's, that's the way I've answered the question of music. If all I ever had was Herbie Hancock in the end times for me personally, I'd be like, I'm set, you know, <laughs> like if all I yeah. ever had to listen to was this like live Herbie Hancock set that he did on Ted talk. I'm okay with that. I understand that there's more that needs to be done with that, but it has to be answered on an individual basis from a company standpoint. You know, there's too much, too many walls with, um, you know, unless we got to like Garmin level and we could partner with Spotify, you know, like that would be like the perfect world. Or if I got bought out by Garmin and they did that, that'd be a dream. But, um, you know, yeah, that, that's like, that's the, the, the answer now is just being able to put your music in digital form and, and keeping it stored just the same way you would on a regular computer, um, which, you know, is a worthwhile endeavor, I believe. And, you know, I've mentioned the Safana thing because like years ago in, in college, when we were all living together, we were always like enamored with missile silos. And we were like, dude, how cool would it be if we like bought a missile silo in Kansas and then just like all, just like our whole thing it was like a nonprofit. And we just got money to like store a library of Alexandria for music. We just like went record shopping and got music and CDs and tapes. And we just like had it. And it was just like the, the musical Alexandria, the library of Alexandria, like in a missile silo in Kansas. And like we had like a listening room maybe in the missile silos. So you could like go ahead and like listen, like Rick Rubin's down there hanging out, you know. And that would be That's like, cool. you know, the that was the dream with Safana. But when I first set out for this, you know, I talked about the missions aspect and I talked about my family aspect. Uh, but it along the core values of like the, in the inception of Gridbase was the idea, hopefully. And it was naive at the time, but I was like, man, it'd be so cool if this could also be like our portable music library of Alexandria. But like I said, from a legal standpoint, uh, you know, we just couldn't make it happen. But that's okay. Uh, you know, people can do it independently. And all, and all I advocate for is decentralized, decentralized autonomous creative solutions to problems. So there is a way to solve that problem, but it can't be solved by me at a company level yet, unfortunately. Yeah, I know that that makes a lot of sense. And I think as long as I have like Turnpike, Tyler Childers, George Jones, I'll probably be good. But anyway, yeah. man, uh, this is we'll awesome. We'll go back. We'll <laughs> go back to the African drum. You know, the African drum was like, uh, you don't got to yeah. carry a tune with that, you know, and like the, the rhythm and like the, spiritual aspect of the african drum dude we'll just start doing drum circles again <laughs> yeah that's fun well you know i do love a good uh good drum circle but yeah <laughs> um anyway man uh this has been a really cool conversation and i'm glad that we were able to do this and uh yeah, you're yeah, close enough you're close enough that you may be the first uh remote podcast guest that i can come and actually shake your hand at some point um, oh that'd be cool so, man. i, lo yeah, I like that being up in amarillo and raton and all that too so it might be worth a trip out so uh what's that that uh canyon that's out paladero canyon oh paladero worth yep. a trip trip up to paladero for some testing and yeah I, i'm down to come out there too i love that area yeah dude yeah that would be really cool we do have some some pretty remote places uh yeah. i don't know i don't know about anywhere in amarillo i think that just about every damn where in paladero and, and even lake meredith uh you can get some signal but they're uh um yeah whenever you do get up here absolutely let me know and i'll uh buy i need a, i need a i need a so. steak at the big texan no you don't you actually don't need a stick at the big text uh, it's, a, it's a joke i've been there it's I, I, not, it's oh, not okay. a good stick <laughs> okay. i was yeah. like i was like for the for the meme value we can go but if you want to yeah, don't no, get should. a stake there yeah <laughs> we'll go and we'll uh we'll uh we'll drink have a drink there and then you can come home to my house for steaks because it'll be yeah sounds better. good 
far better than the big Texan. But anyway, man, yeah. Good. When you get up here, uh, when you get up to Amarillo, let me know. And uh, I want to yeah. have you on. Uh, I, I love repeat guests. And so um, I, yeah. I definitely want to have you on in the future because I think there's so many different avenues that we can take this. But um, I think we got the uh, the elephant out of the room as far as grid base definitely. is concerned. Um, yep. the, the elephant is out of the room. And I want to talk to you about uh, religion and, and being a leader and all of these different things uh, later. Yes. But um the the grid base is super cool and i and i think that especially the way that we were able to break it down and help people understand it um i know yes. you, you probably already do this on your youtube videos but i just know that at least there are some people that i know that are not in the gun community are not even in any sort of prepper community uh that i'm going to be able to say listen to this and they will understand the value of what grid base has to offer uh and the yeah. larger the larger sociological uh implications that are with grid base uh that you know i always thought it was going to be like the guns would be the intro the guns would be the introduction to comms uh but the mm. way that you've put it now especially with the homeschooling and the the you know all of the analogies that we've been able to make here and and all of the reasons yeah. that you've been given for for grid base it may very well be uh grid base is the introduction to the rifle for some of the people that i know listen to the podcast so. i surely hope so yeah well thank you for having me on Haas. um uh first of all badass name you know and uh my son oh i need to Doc. tell you about that yeah yeah anyway, you can tell you. me after the fact <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap it up and uh, i do want to hear the story or maybe we can talk about it on the next cast but i just want to say to all the people out there men women and child you know your responsibility is to be a leader in your community and you need to figure out what that looks like and we can begin to figure out what that looks like by you know shedding the internal ego layers and listening to god and following our path and, and getting on the uh, the right track with that and we can you know there's no shame in not being there yet it is a constant evolving challenge and it's, it's constant education and learning we will never be there you know it's just a constant learning path so i just want to encourage anybody wherever you're at however you're doing it if it's in a christian context or a secular context doesn't matter to me but you need to be able to uh you know start to identify what it looks like to be a leader in your community and you need to be adaptable um and patient with your environment so just wanted to um to throw that out there, you know, because this, this is the purpose podcast. And if I say anything, I want to say that I'll leave you out with, uh, I can be reached at info at gridbase.net. Um, you can find my YouTube. If you just search YouTube at gridbase.net spelled out, that's also all of my social medias, which is just gridbase D O T N E T, uh, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all of that is uh, available there for you. Um, info at gridbase.net is my email. If you want to reach out and, uh, check me out on the website and uh, we're doing new stuff all the time. And you know, this project is only, capable of being in existence because of recommendations and advice and input from the people out there as far as what they need. You know, this product would have stopped a long time ago at just, you know, midwifery books if it wasn't for the fact that people started asking about comms and how we communicate with it and stuff, which forced me to learn new stuff and put, you know, new products or, or new, new functions within the product. So I welcome any criticisms. Um, I will always defend the product and I will always be able to uh, take those criticisms well. So by all means, I'm, I'm open to that. And I'm open to answer any questions. And um, uh, Haas, thanks again for having me on. It's just been a tremendous conversation. And uh, I hope I served your podcast well, good sir. Yeah, awesome, man. No, I think you really did. And I hated that I had to stop the conversation for a pee break, but that's how things go. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> that's how it goes, man. Uh, no, dude, this this was super awesome. Um, the the value that you you've presented in the podcast is is really cool. And like I said, I hope to to see you succeed. And we will definitely be having conversations in the future, Jake. So I appreciate yes. it. And we'll holler at you later. All right. That's it. <laughs>